Hey, this is Wolf Hoffman from Accept, and I want you to focus on metal. Hey, Metalheads, this is Scott and Richie welcoming you to another episode of Focus on Metal. And finally, finally, we are getting to the next segment of our Saxon series. Yeah, when did we do the last one? About three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I was going to actually look before we recorded this to see when it was. But oh, don't. It's, it's <laughs> probably been so far back that uh, I don't even want to know. And we've had so many people ask us, you know, when are you doing the next one? When are you doing the next I one? I know. Or when people discover the show, they look back and invariably they see those and listen to them and i've even had one of the segments wasn't even linked on the website yet and i had someone recently say hey can you put the link up for the the next part of that yeah and what? Then, when are you guys doing the next one so I, we, I don't think we were ignoring it um i always knew that we we uh we'd, we'd end up doing it it's yeah. just uh we got hit up with interviews and we had the strange highways and now we're running little mountain and i think the discussion format for a whole episode has more or less for us gone because <laughs> we did we we try and get a balance on it and for a full discussion episode with the amount of inter- interviews we're being hit up with right it's it's an, a bit of a non-runner now yeah. I, we, like we did the maiden one a while ago which is refreshing i, I really yeah. enjoyed it and to be honest with you i'd like to do more i'm looking right. forward to this but um yeah we did get hit up a, a lot about yeah. about doing it and i felt bad because I love the band and we're halfway through it and, <laughs> and part of it is, you know, it's, it, I went after people for interviews and people get hitting us up and we didn't, maybe we didn't say no enough. I, I, I don't know. It, it just got left. Yeah. Well, that's all right. They just keep putting out albums and keeps making it longer for us. I yeah. guess it's a good thing. Yeah. I think, what have <laughs> they got? Five studio albums since the last one? <laughs> I'm sure that, because they're recording Battering Ram now. So that's done. I, is it done? It's done. All it's right. coming out, I think, in... Uh, I thought it was going to come out there early next year. No, I believe it's been going back and forth about it. Uh, well, I believe yeah. it's it's done. So yeah. they're on tour over here now at the minute. Yep, absolutely. With uh, Armored with Saint. Armored Saint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. Let's do a quick track of the week, and then we'll dive into some Saxon. <laughs> I know, you're sitting there thinking, holy crap, it's taking you guys this long to get to the next episode in the Saxon series, and now you're going to throw a track of the weekend on us. And I don't blame you for thinking that, but I just I just got to do it. I have got a great track of the week for you this week. It is coming straight from Germany. The name of the band is called Stormhammer, and the new release is called Echoes of a Lost Paradise. This one comes courtesy of Massacre Records and just a great 12-track album here and all just all kinds of stuff. There's mid-tempo stuff, there's thrashy stuff, there's real power metal stuff, and there's the ballad in there as well. But just a good overall you know, rundown of all kinds of good stuff there. So these guys have been out on tour quite a bit. They toured with Gravedigger, Blind Guardian, LaFay, Angel Dust, remember Angel Dust? Steel Prophet, so lots of bands they've been out with. And this is their fifth release. First release came out in 2000 called Fireball. Then there was Cold Desert Moon. Uh, 2004 was Lord of Darkness. 2009, they kicked out Signs of a Revolution. And now here we are in 2015 with Echoes of a Lost Paradise. 
So uh, to not uh, drag this out any further, thought I'd play you a great track off of the new release. Going to play you track number three. It's called Fast Life. And if you dig it and you want to know more about the band, you can head up to Facebook, facebook.com slash Band, and tell them you heard them right here on Focus on Metal. So from the new one from Stormhammer called Echoes of a Lost Paradise, this is Fast Life. And from there, we'll be right back with Saxon Part 4. track of the week uh, let's go let's dive into a little bit of saxon so of course the first one up is unleash the beast yep so so, this is what this came out in uh, 97 97 october 14th 97 these guys in their fall releases yeah cmc international yeah yeah um i've that label to me is familiar for docking firehouse uh warrant Right. Uh, and Saxon. <laughs> and I know, and it was, was one of these... A, was that an American, American label? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, a, it came in, had a bunch of bands, and then it's like, disappeared. Yeah. A bunch of bands that tried to reinvent themselves. <laughs> yeah. And then disappeared. So, I mean, for me, uh, you know, Metalhead, a Metalhead, Unleash the Beast, a great album. You know, I love the cover art on it. Do you? dark. I but, hate uh, the cover. I, I love the cover. <laughs> um the back of it always reminded me of a Dio album, True. for whatever reason. True, uh, but uh, you know, I just kind of liked. I liked it, and you know, another thing about this, the three we're doing here is a common theme through all of them, which is that all three of these albums have great title tracks. First up, two. Well, yeah, if you don't count the little yeah, intro oh, yeah. Well, yeah. let's start there. <laughs> I hate intros being listed as separate tracks on an album it just wrecks my head yeah and the these three saxon albums are the same and i don't like the intro to mr crowley wasn't listed as a right as, as, over as in a, england yeah, yeah it, it wasn't was listed as a separate track yeah. and uh 
these atmospheric pieces at the start. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, okay, they want to put them in, but don't put them in as a song. They're not a song. Right. Just some guy going, yeah. ooh, and then, you know, and then it kicks into the tracks. But yeah. but that one there, I mean, that kicks into, I mean, it's it's the album cover. It's almost like the soundtrack to the album cover. Yeah. At least, you know, on this one, for Gothic Dreams it is. But yeah. they're all, to me, that's the thing. I, I The one thing that really sticks out with, with this one is that, you know, sometimes you get an album and, and you the title track that's on the album, it, it may not be like one of the, the things that sticks with you or you always remember, but these three albums all have really good, memorable title tracks and tracks they still play live. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, uh, you know, so, you know, unless Unleash the Beast, the other thing I like about Unleash the Beast as a track is I like the change up that they do, the, the way they, they change that whole bridge section and thing. It's just, it's pretty cool, well-written and, uh, it probably is one of my favorite tracks on this one. Although, my favorite track on here is Blood Letter. Blood Letter? Yeah. Okay. No, it would be, it'd be Blood Letter, and then it would be uh, Cut Out the Disease, and then Unleash the Beast. That's my favorite. Well, I don't like Cut Out the Disease. I think that's <laughs> the worst track on the album. Um, I love I love Terminal Velocity. Yeah. I, I think that... That's the, a great track. The first four songs, taking out the intro... You've unleashed the beast, terminal velocity, circle of light, and the tin red line. Uh-huh. Very, very strong. Yeah. Um, I think it peters out a little bit towards the end. Um, the tin red line's a fantastic song. It's got it a is. great solo on it. Yeah. Great solo. Yeah. The worst song on here for me? Absent Friends. Absent Friends. It's, I, it's know, different I, for them, You look though. at the title and go, oh, crap, I know what this is going to be. I, there's some great guitar work on it. Yeah. Um, some really nice little tasty things that go on, but song as a whole... In fact, that the last two songs on here, but you know, Absent Friends is already for me like a non-starter, except for some of the tasty guitar work. And then All Hell's Breaking Loose starts off strong, and you think, yeah, this song is doing what the title says it's going to be, and then it just goes limp. Yeah, it, I know what it, you mean. It, plods. it it has a great place on an ACDC album. Mm. You know, it's got that kind of, of feel and tempo. Yeah, but for how it starts. And for how it goes up against everything else on here, I just feel like those the last two on here let me down. Yeah, um, I like Absent Friends. Um, th- there's nothing like it on any album before. Yeah, um, it's a heartfelt song, probably about obviously about a oh, friend sure, of theirs. Sure. And uh, I don't mind them tr- throwing something in like that. It's not um, schmaltzy by any stretch. It's an acoustic ballad. It's it's not like uh, it's not f- covered in keyboards and syrupy shit like on the Destiny record. Right, but I would. I guess, you know, I would have rather if they stuck it at, as the last track. Yeah, as a ballad, right? yeah. Kind of like on Angry Machines, yeah, where, so that, where that, Ronnie that mean, This Is Your Life as, yeah. as the last track. So you'd listen to nine tracks and then turn it off, is that what you're saying? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> even if it was on album, I'd be like, all right, it's time for me to get up. Not, okay, I got to wait through this one or try to get the needle place right to get the next one. Uh, but otherwise, you know... I like this album. This the one thing also on this one is that Biff's voice sounds a little bit different on this. It's kind of as I listen to the progression of Biff's voice, it's it's really weird, but it's almost like it comes up with if in in the progression of like this metalhead, then this one, then Killing Ground, because it's like the voice that he's got on this is, seems to be what he's done from here forward except for metalhead mm. it's just it i don't know there's a there's a sound there's a, a temperament in his voice it's a little raspy i don't know what it is but it's 
it's on the early albums and it's on Metalhead, but then this one and everything else forward, it doesn't. It's like his voice is different, and yeah, everyone's voice changes yeah. except for you know guys like Dio. Hmm. Uh, but uh, this one definitely, uh, just to me, has has that kind of a of a thing. Yeah, well, I think he has one of the most identifiable voices in rock. Oh yeah, um, when he when he opens his mouth to sing, you know it's Biff. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him a couple of months ago. He's still a fantastic singer live. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he doesn't have the range that he used to have, but a guy in his mid-60s like that, still singing that good, is is a credit to him, you know, taking right. care of his voice. But I just I think he's a great singer. Mm-hmm. I think there's not many of them out there that you can go, that's Biff Byford. Yeah. Um, another, another thing on this, this is the first album to feature Doug Scarrett on guitar. Right. After Paul Quinn left. Yeah. And, I'm glad to see he's involved in the songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is all over the album. Um, still with the band, of course. Yeah. Um, great player. Um, I mean, and for a lot of people, this is the Saxon they know. Yeah, right? oh yeah, definitely. It, it's 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 not having Quinny in it. It's not it's not Dawson in it. Yeah, you know, it's Nibs. Mm. It's Doug Scarrett. Mm-hmm. You know, Nigel back in the band. Yeah, and you know, so I mean, this is the band that that everybody seems to. Yeah. To remember, you know, is is, is uh when I say it, I just said not having Quinny in it. I mean not having uh the bass player. No, do, well not having Dawson in it, but Steve then, Dawson, uh, yeah. Steve Dawson and but Paul Quinn's still in here. Graham Oliver. Great, yeah. Yeah. I got the name wrong too. You're gonna, you're gonna have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, but I think this there is. I think there's a lot of people that this is the band they know. Mm. This lineup. Yeah. Which is a really solid lineup. I you know, as much as I liked that Paul Quinn, Graham Oliver, you know, team. I really like what Doug brought to the band. Yeah. You know, that, 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 you know, Paul Quinn's always had this, and he admits it. He always will do kind of oddball things and do different things. And he's brought that quirkiness. And, but then it's like Doug Scarrett brought in more of them, that modern metal sound to mm. the band, mm. you know? I think this album, they definitely got the balance between the old sound and, and the modern sound bang on. Um, I would disagree. Okay, I think it's on Metalhead. Mm, go on, but because part of the part of the keystone of their classic sound to me was what Steve Dawson did on the bass. Yeah, and there's more of that to me on Metalhead. Okay, that you really you hear that. Um, it's definitely it's here, but it's and it could just be the mix. But it's not as evident to me that that because and I'm a little biased too because when I first got into Saxon I was playing bass and it, and it was pretty rare that you'd put on an album and you you know you'd get hit with with bass really apparent bass you know like when we were talking um, to uh, who were we talking to the other week bass player oh Mike Lepone. And yeah, and we talked about Chris, Chris Squire. Yeah, and that was the thing was like that you know Roundabout came on and like holy crap bass mm-hmm. on on vinyl and the same thing for Saxon is is I, I heard that and instantly I was hooked into it because it was vinyl but you were hearing the bass it was prominent it was really part of the whole thing and apparent that it was as opposed to otherwise it's part of it but it was always made kind of more unapparent you didn't really realize it was there mm. unless it wasn't yeah. Um, you know, like Injustice for All. And uh, 
So I, I think that's, you know, for me anyways, I have a little bit of a bias towards like how the bass fits in and how it sounds and all that. And, and I mean, Nibs does a great job on this. He's always done a great job ever since he's been in the band. But to me anyways, it's the balance comes on Metalhead. Okay. Well, I kind of disagree a little bit, but well, that's the, fine. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing, um, Paul Quinn is some head of hair on the, on, in the picture <laughs> in the album. I think Metallica were cutting off their hair, and he was like using their hair to put, a, to put it on his head. Thing? What was it on in Kerrang? You told me what the Kerrang had a uh, sur- uh, syrup of figs or something. They, they used to have like all of, musicians who all of a sudden had a full head of hair that didn't. Yeah, and he was one of them. Yeah. Uh, some of the scorpions were others, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just every week, just funny. Just get your take too. Is uh, Circle of Light? What do you think of that track? Love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that one there to me is definitely a bit different. Yeah, you know. And uh, so yeah, that one. My favorite title on on this. I even go that deep. Titles is Ministry of Fools. I mean, that'd even be a great band name. Yeah, true. You know. You have one with, can I just look yeah, at your one there? You've the got bonus stuff. tracks on it? Yeah. Oh, live, just live tracks. All yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, very good album. Very good album. Uh, very, very strong. Better than Dogs of War for me. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think it's just more focused. Uh, great balance between, you know, the, the melodic side and, and the heavy side. And uh, you got the other one on your hand there. So let's oh, move yeah. on to well, Metalhead. I mean, what do you want to... Let's, uh, before we dive in Metalhead, let's just uh, play a little bit of uh, something off of Unleash the Beat. So we uh, move on to Metalhead, which was, uh, what, November of 99. Mm-hmm. This one came out. What label is your one on? 
SPV. My, yeah, SPV. So they're, yeah. they've gone from CMC, yeah. uh, Shock, <laughs> and uh, they're on SPV, uh, yeah. German label, yeah. which is practically where they were touring. And, and I believe this was actually anyway. recorded in Germany as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and again, uh, yeah, this one's kind of weird too, that if you get the CD, or at least my version of the CD, the intro does, it's not listed on as a separate title, but on the CD, it does come up as a separate track. I know. So, so even though Metalhead's listed as one, it, it'll, it gets yeah. to track two, which is actually damn convenient because you can go, I'll skip the intro. Because this one here, the intro definitely annoys me. It's, it's long, and it starts off really low. So unless you've got it, even at some of the levels I play these at, mm. you are looking going, is it playing? Is there anything going on here? And you remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, this thing starts ridiculously, like, almost like this leader of 30 seconds of silence before yeah. you hear anything. So, so it's great that it's actually, you know, bonk, right to track two. You know? I think they put the intros on the album for the live show. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just put it on the album and then we'll just start a live show with that and then they'll come out and play the title track. I think that, it, you know, Maybe. That's, that's the way to do it. Maybe. Yeah, so, you know, I... I really like this album. Uh, heavier. It is heavier. Oh, in yeah. fact, uh, you know, if you listen to uh, uh, Are We Travelers in Time, man, that track, I hear a lot of Metallica Black album in that track. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Sabo True on this. Yeah. I will, I yeah. will, I will admit that. Tra- that. That track especially. Yeah. You, I mean, you, there's parts of it where you just go, you start going, sad but true, you mm. know, or it, it's, it's, uh, it really does have that kind of flavor to it but you know i like this the only the one thing i don't like about this album is that nigel's not on it yeah they have uh it's fritz randall fritz Randow. i don't know who he is and uh he's been he's been around he played in victory powerful he, uh, drummer. he played uh played in been on a bunch of sinner albums okay yeah i i don't know why He's well, because well, because Nigel had uh, had to recover from some neck and shoulder injuries. Oh well, that's... so it was a, a temporary thing. Yeah, intro written and performed by Nigel, and they got someone else to play the album. And when you listen to the album, mm. you figure if you have any ailments at all, you're not going to be able to play the drums. Yeah, like, like oh, yeah. if Fritz did, like it, it's powerful stuff. Right, I think it a uh, great bottom end on this. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I absolutely love the drum sound on this. Yeah. Um, really suits the suits the music. Uh, it's got one of my favorite Saxon songs ever, Conquestador. Fantastic song, brilliant. See, and you pronounce it that way too. Why? Well, here in the states, it's Conquistador. Ah, you're all yanks. You know, <laughs> you, you, you spell things differently. Well, even well. even even Spanish guys pronounce it Conquistador. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's what I hate about that song is every time he does it, it's like ah, oh, he did it again. <laughs> uh, still not, he's still not saying it right. Yeah, you're talking about the song "Are We Travelers in Time." Yeah. A lot of vocal effects on that, though. Am I? Uh, I don't know. I don't like too many vocal effects on a voice, especially like Biff's. I just like to hear him sing normally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good track. Like again, this is stacked at the start, very very strong. Yeah. And I well, think this- towards the end, it loses a little bit of. Uh, loses a little bit for me because some of the songs in the back end like Piss Off are heavy just for the sake of being heavy. Yeah. I don't think they're really great tracks. Um, but the first four or five songs again, yeah. really well, this, solid. You know, one thing that's really apparent on this album is that you, if there's ever a Saxon album that was a beneficiary 
of what was done on the White Snake 1987 album as far as sonics and production values. This is the album. Okay. Is that's one thing right away is you listen to that and you just think, wow, this album would not sound the way it sounds without you know, White Snake rolling out that 87 album. Okay. It really has that it's big. There is that, you know, the vocal effects on there. Not as not as apparent as you know what's on Coverdale's voice, but yeah, it is there. Yeah, and of course, this is one of the first albums I think that they did with Charlie Burfiend. Yeah, who I think he did a run of albums after this, and he really pulled out a great performance from the band. Really recorded the albums, mixed them well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but uh, yeah, this is the first album he did with them, and uh, just solid, solid, solid album. Um, Cover's crap, though. <laughs> Cover's terrible. <laughs> um, I almost wish that what's on the back would have been on the front. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like, I don't know, like they had a concept, but it didn't quite materialize, and maybe they went, oh, crap, we're just going to have to go with it. Mm. You know, I mean, you look at, like you could put Killing Ground on this one and call it Metalhead, and it would be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's like a, a play on the helmet, and he's Metalhead. All right, yeah, I got it. Yeah, you know. But this one, it because it, you look at it, and, and there's nothing really metallic going on. Mm. So it's you know, but the back cover is pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a very strong song at the end, "Sea of Life," mm-hmm. like eight, eight minutes long. Um, no ballads. Yeah. <laughs> definitely no ballads. No ballads. On this that's one. right. Hooray. Um. It does have uh, a couple of songs that are a little bit old school. Prisoners sounds a little bit like an older Saxon track. Rather. Yes, uh, I would agree. Um, there's not that many on it, though. A lot of these are very, very heavy for mm-hmm. Saxon. Um, a lot of them work. Some of them don't. Um, yeah, like like Song of Evil, for me, Yeah, it, it, it's a good track, but it, it takes a while to, to like get going or yeah. to... I don't know. It, just, it doesn't immediately grab you it's not like i mean the title track again title track is is just killer and it, it i don't know the way the tempo everything about it it just grabs you and you're like yeah it's great and, groove on it yeah that's what i love about the yeah. title track it's slow and heavy and it grooves right um and it sounds fantastic right. and it perfectly sequences right into are we travels yeah. in time. and of course when i saw them recently they played fuck all off this album <laughs> i was hoping they'd play conquistador is that uh, <laughs> how does go. that sound um, but they didn't. And All Guns Blazing is like, nah. They didn't even play Metalhead? Nope. Wow. Nope. Didn't play it. I thought they'd at least play that as well. But yeah. No, well, you have a band with that sort of career. Well, yeah, that's true. Hey, what are you going to leave out? <laughs> you know, like, how big was Metalhead and Unleash the Beast <laughs> and uh, Killing Ground in the States? Well, they, they weren't. I mean, if you were... Uh a hardcore fan. Yeah. You know, these are one of these, these, these are like the albums that were like that discovery thing because, you know, after, uh, you know, after Destiny and, and stuff, you know, a lot of fans f- fell off and then people don't, and you got to figure, you know, late 90s as well, there, there was pretty much no promotion going on for any of this style of music. Well, at that stage, Saxon, even in their own country, were non-existent. I, yeah. I, they dropped off the map for me. I, I, I didn't. I probably bought them about ten years ago. Yeah. Um. Probably 
read they were out and went, eh. Yeah. Not yeah, but these are the, you know, at this time, yeah, these were getting picked up. I mean, I know that, that these did well in, like, Scandinavia and stuff like that, but otherwise, there's really, you know, you don't really have any chart positions for any of these, and it really is a case of people discovering, yeah, you know, and then they go, oh, wow, this band's pretty cool. And they lived they, in Europe. They look like, back and go, yeah. well, I don't like the earlier stuff, but I really like this, or they, everyone, you know, likes everything and becomes a solid fan. Yeah, their bread and butter at that stage was mainland Europe. Yeah. Doing festivals and touring Germany, France, yeah. Italy, all these places. Right. May, probably South America. States was probably non-existent. Um, the UK promoters probably went, who? Yeah. yeah. Um, which probably really annoyed them. You know, if I was, if I was a band from, you know, from, from and the country I was born in and I was practically ignored, I'd be kind of pissed off as well. But, um, strong album. Yeah. Heavy album. Um, Got some fantastic songs on it. Got some other songs I'm not really mad about. But yeah, see, I like, like I like to piss off. Do you? Yeah. I ah, piss off. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I wonder who. I wonder what, who that's written about. I don't know. Maybe it's written about Graham Oliver. <laughs> mm, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, I I think when was the court case? Oh no, the the court case is uh That's after, after all killing these, ground. Oh, okay. All right. Or or right in that right in that same okay. time frame. That's when the other two had so gone. The out Oliver Dawson thing comes yeah. yeah, the court case and the split happens um after after killing ground. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just wondering. Yeah, it'd be a great coincidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I know. I, I really like this one. You know, if 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 I had to be held to a, what's your favorite out of all three, easily this would be my pick. Easily? I wouldn't have to think twice about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. I'm not going to tell you which one I picked, Jeff, because we haven't done the third one. No, we haven't yet. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, any other uh, any other comments about this one? or No. Oh, you, you have all these deluxe versions and stuff, the pictures and all that mad shit. Well... Because I'm a media whore. Yeah, I know you. I know. <laughs> anyway, solid album. All right. Well, uh, let's let's roll something off of Metalhead, and uh, before we dive into Killing Ground. See you get crazy. Come on.
All right, so on September 25th, uh, 2001, Saxon rolls out Killing Ground. Mm. And uh, this, right off the bat, I know I said it would fit great on the last album as far as a thing being called Metalhead, but this goes back and and has that same kind of cover dynamic. As I like this cover. I don't. It, <laughs> it goes right back to that, the first album. Okay. It's got... The first album had that the big giant logo and you know it just I mean career just kind of threw whatever on that first album cover yeah and I don't know this this album cover I don't know it it does nothing for me yeah. the other uh, metalheads like my five year old son comes home from kindergarten and says <laughs> here daddy here's what I drew today no I don't know I think this is that <laughs> <laughs> I like the color of this I think it stands you, you out you like all the Celtic stuff around it that's yeah, that. I wonder why <laughs> <laughs> but I, no I don't know I, I just don't it, it looks great on the CD itself mm. the way they did it but I don't know I, I just don't I just don't like the cover of it yeah it's you know it's almost like between Metalhead and then this one, I mean, you kind of see a little bit of similarity between the two. A little. Almost like they're trying to develop their own Ed the Head. <laughs> and then after this, they went, nah, fuck it. Fuck it, yeah. You know? But, no, I don't know. This The cover just to me is, at least you know it's got a great big, you know, you know it's Saxon. Yep. You'd almost go, huh, did this come out in 1980s? 79? <laughs> And not saying that is a bad thing, but it does have, it, it definitely has a Nawabum flavor to it. Yeah, they've got some, uh, to me, they've got either the covers are really good or they're awful. Yeah. Like, and the, fun, the, the funny thing is, like, the, the worst album, I think, was probably their best cover. I love the cover on Destiny, and the <laughs> album was more, is more or less crap. <laughs> like, you look at the cover, like, was it Wheels of Steel? Or the first album cover is brutal. Yeah. They just, but then Wheels of Steel and... and strong Arm of the Law. Strong Arm of the Law. The, to me, those are, cl- those are just classic Noabum covers. Yeah, I suppose. You know what I for mean? For the time, yeah. Yeah, like they, they don't have a lot of money, but it, it, there's something there. So, you know, I like that. I, I, you know, between those ones, it, yeah, I just, I don't know. Those ones just, to me, seem pretty cool to have, you know, denim and leather and, you know, all that stuff in there. It's, it's cool, but uh, I mean, yeah, they have had some some interesting covers. Yeah, I, I think that the uh, the cover for Dogs of War is better at these three. Dogs is a great cover. Yeah, it is a fantastic yeah. cover. I, I mean, it's a little um, a little Man of Warish. Yeah, but Man of War does have some pretty and cool like covers. The, the Solid Ball of Rock cover is awful as well. <laughs> it, it's either really good or crap for me. And that I'm not saying anything about the music that's in them because. Certain albums they do, I like a lot more than others, but none of them are shit. Yeah, except for Destiny, more or less. But um, which <laughs> that's just that's just bad all over. Yeah, yeah. and um, when you when you start off so with a Christopher Cross cover, yeah, <laughs> ride like the wind right away. <laughs> tell tell the producer to write off. Yeah, you know, but you know when you talk about covers, I don't like Court of the Crimson King on here. No, I. If, I'm not a covers guy anyway, yeah. and but it's, this but it's all just, this always comes back to uh, does someone in the band say, you know what the fans would love to hear? They'd love to hear us do King Crimson's 
in the car yeah. to the well, Crimson I mean, you King. Know, King Crimson was an influential band, and and I'm sure that these guys really looked up to you know a lot of stuff they did, you know, 20th century schizoid man stuff like that. But I would think if Saxon's going to do it, like why didn't they Saxon it up? Instead, they made this plotting. Just I skip it. I. Me too. You know, I just... It's too early in the album anyway. Yeah. If you're going to do a cover, it should be B-side to a single, like Maiden did for years, uh, or buried towards the end of the record. Yeah, I know. I mean, where they're putting it too. That, okay, you get past the intro, which is horrible. Then you get Killing Ground, which is great. And yeah. then they throw Court of the Crimson King. This, just the sequencing on this, it's almost like someone went, oh, fuck it, let's just get it out of the way and continue on. Yeah. But I... I skip it. And, it. and I feel bad because Ian McDonald from Foreigner was one of the guys who co-wrote that song. Mm. But I just, yeah, I just, I can't deal with it. It's, I think they they did themselves a disservice with how they did it and, and even the song. And I know that, you know, especially for a lot of prog fans, that song is, you know, it's a big deal. And I can even remember they used to play that on the radio here. Not the Saxon version. Yeah. But uh, the King Crimson version. I just... That's if there's the one thing about this album that annoys me more than the cover, it's that stupid song on here. Yeah, well, d- d- it's like Destiny all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, well, I'm not a huge fan of the sound on this album. Uh, I think of the the other of the three albums we're talking about. This definitely has the worst mix of the three of them. Uh huh. I think the drum sound on it, I, they must have been recorded in an echo chamber. Yeah, are in a massive room because there's it, it just sounds cavernous. It's especially when you listen to the drum sound on Killing Ground and the drum sound on Metalhead. Yeah, it's more in your face on Metalhead and even on on Unleash the Beast. Yeah, in this it's like it, I I don't know. It just doesn't grab me as much. Uh-huh. The bot there's not as much bottom end on this as there is definitely on Metalhead. Um, I don't think this is as good an album as the other two. Um, it has its moments. It um, what's the track that I really like? You don't know what you got. It's got yeah. some really c- different drumming on it than yeah. on past Saxon on albums. Yeah, yeah, it it's does. It's got an unusual drum sound. It, uh, it lean, technique uh, to on me, it. it veers too poppy. A little That's bit. That's the one thing I had with a lot of these is is this there's just this real. Well, Hell Freeze is over. Is pure pop. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely this. It's almost like they're deciding, rather than just go, this is what we're going to do, like they did on Metalhead, right? Mm. That they're saying, well, let's try this, let's try this, and let's try this. And I think Saxon fans as a whole, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think we like to have pretty much a cohesive Saxon album so that we know what we're dealing with. And yeah, we might be able to forgive the odd experiment here or there even though i'm still temperamental about even the ballad that was on that one you know but you know what i mean but this seems to be like oh well let's go and try this type of thing let's go to let's almost put a pseudo reggae v- groove in this and we'll do this and i, I don't know yeah. that's one thing i didn't like about well when this. you look at the three albums we're talking about uh unleash the beast i think had the heavier bits and the melodic bits there's a good balance metalhead was definitely heavier yeah and this is kind of a step Back, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this is like Destiny Part Two. Well, no, I, no, I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it's, it's not, it's, 
there's just no really there's no really heavy tracks on this like there are like Metalhead or or are we Travelers in Time? Yeah, or well, like I mean, that. Killing Ground could a, be a lot of that could be probably, the, yeah. you know could you could easily it it's a pretty it's you know it's I like that track it's my favorite track on the album again title track but it could be made heavier if they wanted to. Well, it's the mix. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of it is the mix. I'm not a huge fan of the mix on this. Yeah. It's got some good songs on it. Um, Rockets Are Life's a pretty decent track. Um, Shadows on the Wall's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's track 10 and Court of the Crimson King is track 3. Because <laughs> um, that would be more suited earlier in the album. Um, like Deeds of Glory. Yeah. Running for the Border. Yeah. It's 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 okay. It's not crap, but compared to Metalhead, yeah. Nah, I mean, some of the stuff like coming home. It's almost like it's like a track that you know any band would try to throw down, like the oh we're tired of touring, you know, blah 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 type of thing. And yeah, I mean, if memory serves, they weren't even doing a lot of touring at this point. Yeah. Now, of course, this one is solely produced by Biff. And Saxon, Biff, which, yeah, Biff which, Byford and which, Saxon, which it was, which means it was Biff, yeah. And uh, the vocals are very upfront on this one, yeah. Um, a lot of double vocals, um, you know, a couple of different registers, like when when singing the same line. Uh-huh. There's, a lot, there's a lot of that on it. Um, like Charlie engineered it. Uh, who mixed it? He didn't mix it. Um, Herman Frank and Rainer Hansel. I think they've got a lot of guys involved. In the three albums, yeah. the same guys, but they all sound different. Uh-huh. Very different. <laughs> uh, which, I don't know, is a good thing or or a bad thing in a way. I know they want to try and maybe change it up a little bit. Right. But you have to look at this stage. What are they trying, where are they marketing themselves? What are they marketing themselves uh-huh. as? Well, I think that goes back to what I'm saying is, I mean, this is all over the place with like genres on here. Yeah, like you think at that stage where they're, fan base is they love the heavy shit mm-hmm. on mainland Europe yeah and here they are going back a little bit from that yeah. and I'm thinking you know I, I understand if that's the way they naturally want to go that's right. one thing I but- mean I don't know if this is a was their attempt to go well okay what's happening in the US because at that point in time, what was happening in the U.S. music wise was a clusterfuck well if they if right they, if they're, every time they try to please yeah if, if, the U.S. market they fuck themselves. Yeah, if, if at that stage they're worried about what's happening in the US, then they have a problem because they never learned their lesson before that. Yeah. Um, a lot of that early on was they were young and they didn't know any better. Right. But surely they should have known better by now. But, you know, at that point, there there was kind of a vacuum here with music. You know what I mean? We'd gone through and... Well, what was the late 90s the, here? You'd, corn were on the way out, weren't they? You'd, yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit were gone, thank Christ. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Who? What other big heavy bands were around? It was all new metal. Yeah. Slipknot. System of a Down. They were, were. When did they fold? They did a double album. Was that around two thousand and one or was it after? No, I don't that? remember. I don't follow. Yeah, I, don't, I don't give a shit anyway. Yeah. But um, as for traditional metal over here, early two thousands, probably non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. A lot of the bands were gone. Yeah. 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 But you might, you know. Th- some of this probably does come out of management too, and hey, you know, I think you should do this. We should try this, or so I think there's a lot of that probably that that plays into that. Yeah, now how much of this do they play live still? Play any of it? Title track, maybe Killing Ground. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, and I think yeah, I mean, none of this. Yeah, I don't think there's any fan favorites on this one. 
No, I and, and I again, think, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's crap. Yeah, it's not crap. It's not a. It's not as good as. Uh, you're asking which one's your favorite. Unleash the beast is mine. Then Metalhead, and then this one. Yeah, for me, it's it's. You just got to swap your first two. Yeah, but this is definitely the worst of the yeah. three. Oh yeah, absolutely. And but you know what else is funny on this one is, is you read through the titles, and all of these titles are like great Motorhead songs. You could just hear Lemmy doing. A song called Hell Freezes Over, Deeds of Glory, Return, you know, Running for the Border. I just, every one of these is like a great Motorhead title. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Motorhead guy. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I can just see them, you know. How many, look at some of the titles on this. And how many bands have done a song called Coming Home or Hell Freezes, Freezes Over? Over. Uh, running for the border. Rock is our life. Rock is our life. Scorpions. <laughs> oh, Scorpions are ACDC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. They all, they always seem to, when you look at the, those Saxon albums, there's always, uh, there's always a track about some battle and there's always a track about some car and then there's always a track saying, we love you, you're our great fans and we're always going to rock. Yeah. Every fucking yeah. album. <laughs> this, You know, one thing on this one though is it would be really. It would have been cool to hear Dio sing "Killing Ground." Mm, yeah. Run that one through your head and think about Dio's voice on it. Man, it would be awesome. Yeah, true, true. Says a lot about the strength of the track, though. Yeah, you know, a track like that, you can picture someone as good as Ronnie singing it. It just, and I think partly it too is is the way that Biff vocalizes it. I think that's part of what makes it pop into my head and go, ah, you know, if Ronnie sang this. Wow, this would be be pretty cool yeah and of course Nigel, Nigel is not on this album either no he's still, still this one he's still temporarily still in bed. Still not in, bed. in the band yeah um, I think he's definitely missed um, uh, yeah he's an unsung I mean, he me- he's, what, what's the word he's an unsung hero kind of that band because he's not- like a Phil Rudd yeah right you take Phil Rudd out of ACDC and, and you hear the difference and, and that's no slight on Simon Wright or Chris Slade no I mean, they're great drummers they are they're super but, drummers but just like the Stones need Charlie Watts it's that's the right drummer for them Phil, Phil Rudd is the right drummer for, or he was the right drummer for ACDC no, he, can't leave he, the just, house. he just gets it it's that you know it isn't just the, the how you hitting the skins it's it's when and and you know before and and you know after the beat and the give and take and all of that and nigel is just the guy mm. he is just the perfect drummer for saxon and and uh and also the other part too is that you see him whenever you see any footage of them in the studio like he's the clown he's the guy getting everybody's spirits up and doing stupid shit and and uh like no ego and you know okay i'll you know whatever if i have to go you know put a, a propeller beanie on my head f- for the video oh fuck it i'll do it mm. you know what i mean he's like he's that guy so he's he's like the comic relief but like you said he's the unsung hero when he's so freaking important and when he's not on the albums you know it, he's missed Gr- granted that fritz did a great job on uh, on metalhead he really did and but that you didn't miss the, you didn't miss Nigel as much on Metalhead. Yeah, the music but, suited him. But a, a more damn, powerful, you miss him on this one. Yeah, I think the music on Metalhead suited a more powerful drummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think Nigel would would I'm not saying he would have struggled on Metalhead, but he puts he has certain nuances and certain uh-huh. ways that he plays the tracks yeah. that don't suit themselves to 
um, for want of a better word, a Tommy Aldridge type power, yeah, double yeah. bass drums, hit sure. everything really fucking loud and yeah. fast kind of performance. And uh, yeah, he's de- he's he's missed on this. Oh, I, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, there is yeah. some in, there is some de- um, like as I said before, some of the drum tra- drumming on this is good. It's yeah. different to uh, to Metalhead, but right. it's I don't know. It's just not as good an album. No, unfortunately. So we're gonna. We'll, we'll we'll end this three disc run on on a low note, I guess, right? No, it's, it's, it's not shit. <laughs> well, it's not. It's got tough competition. It does, and it has tough competition coming up. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Which we'll do in uh, two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's play something off a of Killing Ground. <laughs> left still and uh that's a good thing because holy shit there have been some killer releases out go ahead start you know i mean just amazing shit i mean obviously we had alex on talking about metal allegiance and since that's been out just people have been going nuts about it yeah i mean we we were fortunate we got to hear it ahead of time so you know we knew what it was going to sound like and and obviously well to me anyways the you know the digital copy never compares to the CD. It no, just, not it at just all. doesn't. And so being able to actually then get the physical CD and everything, it, but to hear all the excitement uh, about the album has been great. Yeah, well, you can tell that they had a lot of fun making it. Yeah, uh, it morphed into an originals thing. Yeah, I was a little bit skeptical about it. Uh, I thought that the whole essence of the thing might might, might be lost because. Right. Uh, originally it was all covers guys getting together for some fun to play songs the business side was kind of pushed away a little yeah. bit 
And now it's morphed into this where it's more like their day job. Yeah. And I was thinking, mm, I don't know, but you can still tell that the fun's there. Uh, it's guys that got in a room and went, I want to write a fucking old school metal album. Yeah. And uh, it, it's definitely a solid, solid album. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you come away with it and it's like, yeah, I pledge allegiance to the talents of Portney, Ellefson and Skolnick. It's just just a killer, killer album. Yeah, it's, just, it's awesome. It's, it's funny though it's about the way that lineup came together because originally Metal Allegiance was, "Are you in town? Are you in town? Yeah, I'm in town. Yeah. Let's get together." Yeah, and it ended up with these guys making that right. record. But I think you know part of it is Mark Mengi just really getting everybody together, and 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 I think you know we talk unsung hero. He's the, he's definitely the guy mm. that, that you know put all that together. So uh, yeah, that, I just thought that was a that was a great one. Now another great one that. Uh, I've only heard part of it, but you've heard all of it, is the new Queensryche. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, everything I've heard of it so far is, you know, obviously we love the last one. Mm. Fantastic. We were able to go talk to Michael about it and stuff. And, you know, and also see them play and, you know, know that the set list that they were playing was really also indicative of their mindset they were putting into the albums. And I listen to this one and go, you know, if anything proves that 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 self-title one wasn't a fluke, you know, here it is. Mm. Next album, it sounds even tighter, even more like classic Queensryche, and it's like, wow. You look back at those some of those albums and go, you know, what the hell happened? You know, well, I mean, I know what happened, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I just think what I've heard of it so far is I've just been blown away. Uh, um, the way the way I look at that now, uh, Queensryche now is. Uh, they could go back and record an album that it was like the first three or four albums, mm-hmm. and if it was kind of thrown in there half-hearted, you'd know. Yeah, and this isn't. Yeah, they could easily go right. We're just going to here. Let's write. This sounds like Enforce. Let's just write a song like Enforce. Yeah, uh, let's write a song like that. Uh, Walk in the Shadows. Here's yeah. This sounds like Walk in the Shadows. Let's throw that on. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of work and effort effort gone in, gone into this. Plus the fact that. We talk, I, we talked about this before, but I think when Jeff was in the band, the last couple of albums, he was really holding them back yeah. from doing an album from songs that sound like this. Yeah. And um, for various business reasons and control and all that kind yeah. of thing. And now they have a singer who can actually nail that stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm glad they've, they're not a one and done deal. I have, to, I have to say I had my reservations when the de- debut album came out that... Yeah. Well, not debut album, but the self-titled, self-titled one. Album, yeah. uh, that they went and continue because the way the business is now, and they're road dogs. Yeah, they went out and supported the shit out of it. Now they have a new record yeah. coming out, and they were great. They were great when we saw them open for. Yeah, whoops. Yeah, know? they were. They didn't play anything off it. Yeah, from what I we could hear, like we got, I think we got a there little late. a little bit late. Yeah, and uh, but band sounded great. Yeah, um, good, good response. People around us that were kind of like. Wish that they played a few more songs. Isn't it weird again that the two, the Jeff Tate album and this one is coming out at more or less the same time? Yeah, isn't that weird, <laughs> or is it planned? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Although I can't say the Jeff Tate album because it's the first of three. Yeah, and uh, I haven't, I haven't heard any of it, okay. so I can't really say anything about that. Right. But Queen's Rock album's really good. Um, I've heard some of the Striper album that's coming out soon. Uh, again, it's if you love no the last record, you're, you're going to love this a little yeah. bit heavier. But is it 
do you do you think it's is it better than the, the prior one? Do you think or well, it's hard to tell. You, you, that's the one thing I always find about you know p- people that do reviews. Mm-hmm. D- they're on a deadline. Like, do, do they listen to it once and then type four hundred lines? A lot of people or, do. Yeah, you yeah. see, I, I, I can't do that. Um, I, I'd rather listen. Like, when you we gotta live with it for a while. Exactly. Because yeah. how many albums did you listen to the first time or even the second time and say, "Oh, that's shit"? Yeah. And then the tenth, the seventh or eighth time, it was like, "That's some fucking record. That's yeah. a fantastic album. There's tons." Yeah. Uh, two biggies were Death Magnetic and uh, Final Frontier. Yeah. But you live with them for a while, and in the case of Death Magnetic, it was actually go back and revisit it after months and be, wow, no, all right, I'm, I'm digging this. Uh, Final Frontier, it was kind of the same thing, and uh, yeah. The album I hated when it came out, and I absolutely hated it, was Hysteria. Hmm. Uh, after Pyromania, and I, I put on Hysteria, and it was so polished, so overproduced, and it was so... What's the word I'm looking for? It was so marketed for the pop world. Yeah. I felt it had no bite in it at all. And now I think it's a fucking amazing album. But I had to live with it for a while. Yeah. Um, I think the other album I got sent, I listened to a little bit of it, The New Winery Dogs. Uh-huh. Um, very similar to the last one. Yeah. From what I've heard, I've heard two or three songs. Again, Richie Cotson on fire. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. vocalist. You know, and you know, talk about leopard. They are they're doing a pledge music. Yeah, they've, they've all the signed stuff gone the first day. Fuck, you didn't tell me. Gone. Yeah, they're like doing, within hours. They're gone. also doing a, a classic rock fan pack. Yeah. with the magazine and there's oh, a those bonus are cool. track. The fan packs. Yeah, but I'm cool. got, that, I'm in on that. Yeah, you but know yeah, me. all of the the uh, anything that was a signed thing within like hours gone. I've heard a single sold out. Or well, if you can call the single anymore. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's got a. It's got a chorus that doesn't catch it though. Uh-huh. Uh, That's unusual for them. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just curious to see uh, how experimental it is. Yeah, because at this stage they can do whatever, do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not going to do a whole. Anyone thinking they're going to do high and dry again? No. Forget it. Yeah. Not not happening. You might you get. Sh- you should have. Yeah, you gave up on that. You might ago. you might get some tracks like it, but yeah. they're not going to do another adrenalized. They're not going to do that either. No, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And I think you got Vivian writing, and he always writes a little bit uh-huh. oddball—not oddball stuff—but it's it's a little bit different yeah. to what the rest of them write. Yeah. So of course, the eight thousand pound gorilla in the room is that bad boy. Well, who's that? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Slayer. No. No. That's a good album too, by the way. Um, but obviously, I'm talking about Maiden with uh, Book of Souls. Stay a new album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little double album deal. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to it a few times now. Um, like it. I do too. I, you know, like I said, you know, Final Frontier, it was like, uh, this, I was hooked into right away. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to beat it at the bush. It's fucking 90 something minutes long. It's, you're not going to, this is not an album you listen to once and do your 400 word review. Not, that's not happening. Oh, hell no. There's too much going on. Yeah. And the thing I love about Maiden, and I've said it again and again and again, they do whatever the fuck they want. Uh-huh. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, they don't give a shit. Right. And that's what they've done here. It's like, we've, rec- we've recorded 92 minutes. Yeah. There's a fucking track on it that's 19 minutes long. There's a tr- some tracks that are five minutes long. And here, have right. it. If you fucking want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. And it isn't, you know, you look at it, it's a double album, but it, what, it ends... 
It's not like an equal double album. No, I right? think the first first CD is longer than the second one, isn't it? Yeah, I think what I think the first C the I think the second CD kicks off with Shadows of the Valley, doesn't it? It's yeah, like four songs. Oh, it's five. Is it five? Yeah, six on the first and five so on the second. So it ends with Book of Souls on the first. Yeah, right. Br- that is a brilliant song written by everyone's favorite Maiden member Yannick Gers. <laughs> All right, so now I can't. Now I don't. I can't say like, why is he still there? What does he do? So now it's- he wrote a few songs on it. They all, I think, other than well, I don't think Dave Murray is a, a co-writer. He doesn't really write much. But yeah. um, a lot of tracks written by uh, Bruce. First track and the last track are all his. Mm. Um, of course, Adrian gets involved, and he always he has like he writes really good hooks, a little bit more commercial yeah. sounding stuff. Uh, Steve Harris has a couple of tracks solely written by him the red and the black right brilliant 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 song but it's you know it's and obviously i went out and i did this one like in my mind completely right not only did i get the actual book version but mm. i ordered it from the homeland of the uk as oh, well. well so and crank open crank open your super <laughs> beer when you uh but uh you know i i think it's and it's i mean it's cool uh you know plus cool graphics in there and, and all that so uh, eh, what the hell it's Maiden cool Maiden always I did the same thing with Final Frontier where I got Maiden the metal one always have great packaging yeah always yeah. they never short ship you even, even the, the crap albums they did with Blaze Bailey had decent packaging mm. on them but um, of course what are they going to play when they tour that that was something I was going to ask you too Speed of Light absolutely Guaranteed, they're playing Speed of Light. Well, it's, that's the first track with a video. It's got a good video, too. It's Yeah, the video is actually pretty freaking awesome. You yeah. keep watching it and watching it, and, you know, depending on how much of a maiden, maiden geek you are, you pick up, like, all kinds of little shit in it, you know, yeah. and uh, you just really start start digging it. But, if yeah, if you've spent many hours staring at, like, every Derek Riggs album cover, there's there's a lot of ground in that. And I love that video. It's great. It's That's a video that's so great that, that when it first came out, and the only thing you really had available to to know what was coming on this album was that video. You, you literally had to close your eyes and stop watching the video because it's so cool that you start to miss half the song. Yeah, like your brain's just doesn't have enough channels to take it all in, mm. which is, I think, a compliment. But uh, yeah, definitely, I think that one is going to get played. And if any if any of them on here are like a classic, you know, something that would be on Somewhere in Time, that's the song. I think it doesn't matter what they play on that. So They're going to have to play something and drop something that'll piss somebody off. That's the problem. Oh, if, they, yeah. if they do Empire of the Clouds, it's going to cause well, fucking major ructions. They're going to go, you could have played three other t- tracks and now you're playing that one. But they, now they won't give a fuck. They could go just like with A Matter of Life and Death, right? And tour, the whole album? And, and, and not and, play any old and songs? Play, and, <laughs> remember, they always, like, I think that was the start of their cycle of saying, look, we're going to go, we're going to do a tour where we're going to play new stuff and a couple of old tunes. Hmm. Then the next tour cycle, we'll play all your Iron Maiden favorites. And... I bet you that on this one, that's what they do. I bet they will do a tour cycle that will be primarily stuff off of this with a few classics. I'd I'd love that. And I, I will say another thing about that album. It is getting fantastic reviews across the board. Mm-hmm. It got nine in classic rock. It got 10 out of 10 in Metal Hammer. Yeah. 
right? And you're talking about Iron Maiden now. You're not talking right. about a modern metal band. Right. You're talking about Metal Hammer giving an album from Iron Maiden 10 out of 10. The other thing about this one is that there's a lot of long songs on here, but none of those long songs are ponderous. No. They just aren't. They don't have the intros. They, exactly. <laughs> they don't. That was the thing that killed me on Final Frontier. Was Maybe like, the first track has, a, has a, like, an intro, but oh, that's, that's the first track. But they're, they, none of these songs really, well, Empire of the Clouds feels long. Yeah. But none of the other ones f- feel long. I have to say, though, when, when the title track, when the fucking riff kicks in in the middle of that, it's fucking peace of mind or old. It's got bits of Maiden from every era. Yeah, on it, which should and it should have because it's so long. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't wait to f- see that live. I I don't give a shit what they play on it. Yeah, what do you think of the production on it? I think Kevin Schroeder did a great job. You do? Yeah, I think he's he's practically part of that band now. He's oh, done yeah. all, he's done five albums with him now, and I don't think they'd do an album with anybody else at this stage. And he, he his stamp is all over it. You, you put that on, and you'd know Kevin Shirley did it. Mm-hmm. You know he did it. There's no, there's no fluff production. None. It's, I, I don't want to call it, it's not dry production, but it's very straightforward. You almost think, damn, they did this old school. They all just got in a room and they put Bruce in a vocal voice in, in the vocal booth and freaking went for it. be interested to see now they like to do that in two weeks. <laughs> Actually, Bruce sounds really good on it. I know, he, I don't know how ill he was at any stage when he was doing it. Yeah. But um, he, he still sings great. Oh, yeah. He's another one of these guys that just... And he flies the plane. Plays the plane and goes <laughs> in sword fights and plays soccer and, yeah, um, you know, all of that stuff. Although, apparently, he doesn't give a shit about social media. That was... Yeah. Did you see that? All that Good. big kerfluffle this week about no, Good. you're not giving a shit about Ma- social media. Ma- maiden don't give a shit. But they give a shit, but they don't give a yeah, shit right. about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, they don't need to. No. There aren't Maiden. They, this, they give a shit about what's important. Yeah. You... you there's people, but they're great to their fans. There's people, yeah, there's people out there that'll buy that because it's Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. and it has Iron Maiden on it, uh-huh. and they're just going to buy it yeah. before they even hear any of it. They don't care. Right. And, well, I had um, ordered this long before I heard a, a note of it. And even though the last one took me a while to get into, I was still like, same thing. The yeah. same guy that, that pulled killers out of the rack and went, God damn, this looks awesome. Am I mm. going to buy it? I, I think the cover is really guy. I think the cover is really good on that one. I do. Um, Although I, I got to say that uh, that mm. the the inside cover of the book with uh, with Eddie and he's holding the the beaten heart I think is just like that would look great on the cover too. But yeah. I like the fact that they muted it down. Yeah, but they're gonna tour and I'm gonna go. I don't care. And the and the album's really good and it's getting great reviews and great and fantastic. There's there's not many bands from that era that can pull off an album that good this late in their career. Pull and off not, a double album yeah, and, and no not, one goes, bloody not, hell, double yeah, album, what, not, you know? And it's different to what they did early on in their career. Uh-huh. It's not, it doesn't sound forced. It doesn't sound contrived. Yeah. And it's just excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if there was a time machine and, and you went and you plucked some poor bastard out of, you know, 1982 and you popped him in here and you let him hear that, they would never know. They would think, wow, metal is still insanely strong. You know? So, uh, all right. Anyways, I think that'll about do it for this week. Yeah, what else is out? I don't know. I'm sure stuff. It, it keeps coming at us I fast know. and furious. I it know. really does. But uh, 
But anyways, we finally got to the next thing of Saxon, which is great. And uh, I think next week, I don't know, maybe next week we'll do some Little Mountain. No, I don't know. do more Saxon. <laughs> And uh, well, in, we got still got a lot. Of, the vault. We got a lot of little mountain to go for. Uh, yeah, we do. But uh, we're not even halfway through. Anyways, in the meantime, you can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can hit us up at focusonmetal.net or focusonmetal.blogspot.com. So that's it. Stick a fork in it. It's done. This is Scott and Richie saying, "Have yourselves a good metal week." And until we talk to you again next week, remember, focus on metal. Is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.